Welcome to AM Best Audio. I'm Lori Chortis for AM Best TV, and we're in Wilmington, Delaware. And joining us today is Delaware Insurance Commissioner Trinidad Navarro. Commissioner, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Commissioner, can you tell us about the state of Delaware's insurance market? The state is robust. I mean, truthfully, we have about uh, 145 domestic companies here in Delaware now. It's uh, compare that to like um, New Mexico, for example. They have about 40, right? So 10 times the size, 10 times the population. And uh, so I think we're doing really well here. You know, the first time in the history of the ACA, we have now three insurers on the marketplace. Uh, and as, as I always say, um, when we have uh, options for consumers, when consumers have choices, it's always good for them. So I think, you know, we're doing really well. Uh, one of the things that we were able to do recently, speaking of the ACA, is pass a, uh, a 1332 waiver, which lowered premiums by about 20% over two years. So uh, at a time when uh, health insurance premiums are going through the roof, it's really unheard of to see that type of savings. So we were really pleased to get that done. And uh, quite frankly, we have states now reaching out to Delaware, you know, wanting to see how we were able to get so many things done over a short period of time, like the, the waiver and the Cybersecurity Model Act and a number of other uh, new uh, laws here in Delaware we've changed based off of what we've learned from the NAIC and our colleagues across the country. So uh, for six consecutive years, we've actually lowered premiums for workers' compensation insurance. Never happened. Now, what I'm told anyway, in the history of Delaware, typically we see uh, these types of rates go up and down uh, over time. Uh, but from some of the uh, efforts we've had to put in like a fee schedule and, and work really well with the uh, Delaware Workers' Compensation Rating Bureau, uh, we've seen in some cases double digit decreases. And last year, I want to say it was somewhere around 14 or 15 percent in the residual and voluntary market. So uh, the state of, of insurance in Delaware, you know, we have our challenges. But with respect to the things I've, I've already mentioned, we're, we're trending in the right direction. The challenges are, and it's not just in Delaware, it's uh, the homeowners and private auto policies, uh, uh, premiums have gone up exponentially uh, due to uh, the pandemic, due to supply chain issues, due to, you remember when, well, at least I remember when I was young, if you had a minor accident and you had to replace your bumper, it might cost 500 bucks. You have a minor accident now, might cost 5,000. And you know, the cameras and all the technology that's in vehicles that makes them safer, unfortunately costs a whole heck of a lot more to fix that. So there, you know, there's there's things that are happening um, in Delaware where it's, a, it's a, a temperate state. So we don't see the wildfires, the hurricanes, the tornadoes, the uh, you know, earthquakes, the zombie apocalypse you've seen across well, TV, other parts of the country, right? But that has a profound impact on Delaware because we're such a small market. So you know, the, the hurricane damage in Florida or the wildfires in California do have an impact on us here in Delaware. So that's some of the challenges that we're seeing. What will the department be focused on this year? Well, we're working as always on a number of pro-consumer um, legislative uh, efforts. And you know we can't pass bills. I was educated by one of our members of the General Assembly when I talked about a bill that we passed. Uh, our friends and partners at the General Assembly passed the bills. But we're working on a number of things. Uh, one is uh, gender and private auto insurance. So insurance companies are charging women more for uh, for private auto insurance than men. And it's just, it's just, it's not fair. So uh, a couple other things that we're working on is um, uh, file and use uh, legislation. See, we've had a, a desk role in Delaware for years where uh, 
companies wouldn't, um, after they file their, uh, uh, their plans, they wouldn't implement them until we approved it. And um, recently, especially with the significant increases we're seeing in private auto, it's become a problem across the country. So what we want to do is codify our desk rule, essentially. So that, that's, that's seen you know, a, a little bit of pushback, but um, we're, we're, I think we're going to be okay with that as well. But our, our fraud unit, for example, we, we, um, and that's something that's near and dear to me as being the chair of the Anti-Fraud Task Force, uh, we're seeking additional funding uh, to, to pay for the, uh, the folks who work in that division. The funding comes from the industry. So it's an assessment and it's really de minimis. Uh, so for, for the industry themselves, it's, it's really not, not a big deal, but we have to have it because it's uh, involving funds. It has to have the General Assembly's uh, permission. And so there's probably 20 or so bills that we're, we're looking at uh, trying to get done this year to, to help consumers. So, and there's always a, a number that come up at the 11th hour uh, you know, whether it's trying to help our volunteer fire service with, with funding um, or uh, with rescue billing, uh, things like that, that we're, we're constantly looking um, to increase for the folks who need it the most. And so it might may be a reimbursement for, for uh, an ambulance bill, not necessarily a bill, but the, the transfer for people from the hospital to homes and things like that. Um, it's, you know, some of, the, some of the things that we're looking to do really is to kind of catch up because uh, over time, I'll give you an example, uh, capital requirements for new uh, health insurance companies, uh, that number hasn't been increased since the 60s. So we're looking to increase that. And, you know, there was some concerns about how that may affect smaller companies. But quite frankly, these are large stock or mutual companies that are well capitalized. And so we've seen, you know, it's, uh, a smaller agency try to get into the market with um, a minimum amount of capital and surplus of around half a million dollars. Well, that was probably adequate in the 60s. Not, not so much now. And you know, you could have one catastrophic illness, a child in the NICU, something like that, and it could wipe out the whole company. So we're looking to protect policyholders. And one of the best things you can do to protect policyholders is ensure solvent companies. You have a new captive insurance director after more than a decade. What do you hope Stephen Taylor will bring to the new, his new position and also to the captive market in Delaware? Well, Steve Taylor's been a colleague of mine for, for years. You know, I sat next to him. He was the commissioner of the District of Columbia. So I, I followed his career and I have the utmost respect for him. I can tell you we're a lot alike. Uh, you know, we're both fair uh, but firm, uh, sort of no-nonsense regulators. Uh, he's really already proven to show his worth. I mean, he's brought in a couple, a couple of pure captives that we were competing with uh, other states and, and they chose Delaware because of our uh, regulatory environment. And I think that, um, you know, Steve, because of his credentials, you know, decades in the insurance uh, field and insurance regulation, um, I think people really respect that. And I think uh, folks really respect our, our environment here in Delaware. We're, we're friendly. Right, and uh, we've done a few things recently with um, with respect to uh, licensing. You know, so we'll give it essentially a temporary license uh, to a new captive until so they can start almost uh, right away uh, working within that captive. So we have this this new, um, I guess, project that's conditional licensing, and it's been a, it's been around for a couple of years. 
but it never really worked the way we wanted it to because of the bugs in the system, right? So, uh, you know, we wanted to be able to simple things like um, saving part of the application, uh, like sort of an autosave, that was, that didn't work, you know? So these are some of the issues that Steve and I have addressed and work with our IT department. So uh, I have a lot of respect for, for Steve Taylor. I had a lot of respect for Steve Kenyon as well. And I do wish him, him well. I just know that uh, we're really super excited about the future of CAT this year in the state of Delaware. Last year, you announced health insurance marketplace expansion and that several health insurers will be offering plans for the 2023 plan year, the most in the state's history. Can you tell us more about sure. that? Sure. Sure. We're really excited about this. You know, when I first started uh, as commissioner in 2017, we had two. We had Highmark and Aetna. And we met with both of them, and they were both seeking significant rate increases, right? And I think one was almost a 50% rate increase. So we had these difficult discussions. And within a few weeks, um, the general counsel from, from Aetna called and said, you know, we're really sorry, but we're going to leave the marketplace. And as a new commissioner, you know, I, some folks were critical of me and the department because they left. Well, it must be pretty powerful because they left uh, you know, all states throughout the country that they were involved with the ACA. So it wasn't something that we did or didn't do in Delaware. It was simply that um, they were hemorrhaging dollars, losing money uh, hand over fist. And so it was very difficult for them to stay competitive in, in the marketplace. Well, fast forward to where we are now. I mentioned earlier the 1332 waiver that we, we passed uh, with uh, some of the new um, initiatives with the, the current administration it's really made the Affordable Care Act much more affordable, which also means profitable uh, for insurance companies. So the word's out. Uh, so we were able to attract two new insurers uh, to the marketplace. And whenever uh, consumers have options, it's always good for the consumer. So we're really excited about it. This is the first year. So you have to be careful that um, uh, rates are not inadequate you know, try to undercut each other, um, and that didn't happen. So we're looking forward to, to next year uh, as well. One of our biggest challenges is with uh, the, the Medicaid unwinding. And so we, we know in Delaware, we have about 35,000 people on the exchange, and we're told that with the, the, the Medicaid un unwinding, we'll see potentially 40 to 60,000 more people on the exchange, which would you know, potentially double the amount of folks that we have there. So uh, it's a challenge, right? So um, and as a, the chair of the anti-fraud task force, whenever things like this happen, yeah, the fraudsters are, are keen to it and they are ready to take advantage of people uh, who in some cases, they, they may came off, come off of uh, Medicaid, but be eligible for Medicare. And people will purchase plans that they don't understand whether they're uh, skinny plans or associated health plans or plans that, um, um, that aren't necessarily regulated by, by state regulators. So that's one of, the, one of the biggest challenges. But I would, would like to say, and I'm confident that we're ready for it in Delaware, because it's not all that 40 to 60,000 people, it won't happen all at one time. It'll happen over time. So with the navigators we have and the, and the funding and the ability to um, uh, let folks know through advertising. So there's there's funding available for that, which was at one point taken away. So we think we're ready here at Intel. We're really excited about having you know three new insurers on the exchange. Wonderful. Well, as chair of the NAIC's anti-fraud task force, you've been getting input on the improper marketing of health insurance. Yeah. Is that problem growing? And 
What has made health insurance coverage susceptible to that improper marketing? Well, um, it is growing, but I think we've slowed it a, a lot uh, within the task force. I mean, that's something that's, again, it's near and dear to me, uh, having a law enforcement background. I hate fraudsters. I hate people who bully others. I hate people who take advantage of others. And that's really happening in, in health insurance specifically. We've all seen those commercials on television, you know, the pro football player or the, the actor from the 60s, the good times guy, right? Uh, saying that uh, you know we're, we're able to <clears throat> save you money in this Medicare Advantage plan. We might even be able to put more money in your Social Security check. Well, that's so misleading for people, right? And we've had folks call and say, I want that pro football player plan. Well, we didn't offer it in the state of Delaware. We're in the Philadelphia market, so sometimes people will see that on the local news, right, the, that commercial. So um, we always try to warn people you know, buyer beware, right? Know what you're purchasing. Make sure you're comparing apples to oranges. And this has been um, because of the attention that we've given this uh, with our colleagues across the country. Uh, Congress has, and, and of course they're getting complaints from their consumers as well, but they're, they're looking at ways to give us the authority to um, regulate these Medicare Advantage plans. We don't have it yet. But um, we're, we're working on that. We've, I've personally uh, penned a letter to um, Senator Wyden in Oregon who sought out information from the NAIC. Unfortunately, they sought out the information from about the 10 largest states, right? Well, sadly, none of those are on our task force. So I sent uh, some, some um, information back to him, spoken to our own congressional delegation here in Delaware. And I think that uh, that that is a top priority for us, whether it's the improper marketing of these plans, the, the way they use lead generators. You know, we've opened up um, model laws uh, through the library of the NAIC to try to address this. So what we want to do is come up with a, uh, a way that we can, it makes it easier for uh, companies when we use model laws, whether it's through cybersecurity or, or things of that nature. If you're compliant in New York, for example, and if we can have our own law that's very similar in nature, then you're compliant in Delaware. So those are the types of things that we're trying to do specifically with the improper marketing of health plans. What are some of the other priorities of the task force? Well, you know what? Um, since I've been the chair for the last two years, we've made a lot of changes. Uh, you know, we would always gather and talk about what's happening in our states. You know, sort of things that are happening in California are still happening in Florida. In Texas, and but what we didn't do was gather the data and, and in a way that we could share it. So now we have a confluence page. So if a fraud uh, investigation is occurring on the West Coast, for example, and um, you know these uh, fraudsters that we're investigating, they don't understand state lines, right? They understand about trying to steal money from people who otherwise don't know what they're purchasing. So now with this confluence page. Uh, we can not only identify the trend, but who the bad actors are. So if it's company X, for example, and so we know uh, their corporate governance, we know their structure, we have the bios of the folks who are running that company. So now that can be shared with another state uh, because what we're seeing is regulators will find some sort of uh, uh, prohibited practices occurring that are really impacting consumers in say, for example, Texas. And um, you know we'll share that information, but we weren't able to share the details. 
now it's all available for regulators. So that's a, that's a, that's a, going to be a, a valuable tool for us to use. But there's other things. You know, there's a thing called um, uh, a broker check, and it's a way that consumers can look uh, to see if the broker that they're using um, is credible, right? If they have had any complaints against them, any fines, you know, any uh, actions in another state, perhaps that uh, may or may not have been reported to the NAIC. So we're starting this new program. It's called sort of agent producer check, right? It's follow. It's modeled after after that. So consumers can go and 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 look at this information and see if um, the, the person they're they're talking to about their finances has any challenges and, and, and things of that nature. So we're one of the things that um, we, we talk about is the catastrophes. Fraud always follows catastrophes, right? Um, and so we're not just focusing on storm chasers, right? Because that's a, that's a big problem. Uh, and that's, that's something that we are focusing on. But we're now, you know, there was an article in the Washington Post just last week that talked about storm damage from Hurricane Ian in, in Florida and how an adjuster would go to a person's house and he would determine that the estimate would be several hundred thousand dollars to fix the house. And somewhere between there and the company, um, the actual estimate dropped 90, 95%. So there's, um, we want to take a, a good look at that because we think people are being defrauded. Uh, and that the, the companies aren't, aren't fulfilling their obligations, and we have a, a real problem with that. So we're, we're, we're looking at fraud from a number of different angles. We're working with our partners with the, the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud, the NICB, the HFPP, the Healthcare Fraud Prevention Program. I may have that mostly right. But you know, we, we have regular conversations with, with them. We're, uh, and the important, most important thing is to share the information and to make it available. For other for other regulators, so we we've done a lot. I could talk to you probably for another hour about it, but uh, you know I don't want to lose you. <laughs> what might we see from next week's NAIC meeting? Well, I think we'll see a lot of the same. Um, you know, hot topics right now are, um, and rightfully so, uh, the challenges of long-term care insurance and the. Uh, the uh, exponential rate increases that we're seeing, and uh, it's really it's really tough when you have policies that were sold you know 20 30 years ago with the promise to people that you know buy it now buy it while you're young it's affordable and folks did that but serious mistakes were made uh, you know with the actuaries and, and the determination of what it would cost for long-term care in the 70s and 80s compared to what it costs today uh, so that's that'll take up uh, you know a, a lot of a lot of time. Diversity, equity, inclusion in insurance—that's uh, something that I'm I'm on a couple of those working groups. Uh, it's something that's it's very important. We've already mentioned the improper marketing of health plans. Uh, there's there's a number of new um, committees now, whether it's in uh, artificial intelligence, uh, innovation, uh, things of that nature that we're looking at to make sure that. Companies are gathering your information now in a way it's much different in the past. It used to be they would look at your education, your employment, your credit score, marital status. And uh, we've been able to curtail that uh, with um, homeowners insurance and private auto, right? But uh, they're able now to do it in a way using uh, artificial intelligence that we want to make sure that companies know what they're gathering. Um, you know, argument has been made that a uh, computer program can't be biased because it's a computer, right? 
But those folks developing the software, whether it is conscious or not, can be and often are. So we want to make sure that um, these um, programs that they're using is not, you know, an underwriting, unfairly discriminating against people, redlining people in some cases, potentially. Um, so it's something that's, that's new, right? Um, insurance regulators are really good on the insurance side. We're not so good on, on the technology, right? And it's, it's the opposite for insurtechs, right? So the, the new startup companies that are really good at the technology and the marketing, but they don't necessarily understand the insurance side. So uh, understanding and making sure that, uh, especially the newer companies, the startups, the insurtechs have the right, you know, obviously the capital and surplus, but also the right uh, corporate governance, right? The, the right folks running these companies. So um, those are just a couple of the hot topics that are, that are going on within the NAIC. And it's, it's um, you know, I've learned, uh, when I first started, I didn't really understand how important the NAIC is um, and what we as regulators get from it. Some of the best ideas that I've had, I've stolen from other states, right? Other successes that other states have had, um, you know, we've been able to implement here in Delaware. And like I mentioned earlier on, um, states are now coming to Delaware wanting to know how we we're able to get so many things uh, completed. And we're lucky here that uh, we're like-minded and our general assembly, our uh, attorney general, our governor, you know, we work really well together. So when there's, um, there's ideas or uh, different philosophies that are pro-consumer, uh, it's always, almost always to get it done here in Delaware uh, because it's, that's the DOI, the Department of Insurance, is the, the largest consumer advocate in, in the state of Delaware. So that's, that's what I'm really good at is helping people often who who can't help themselves. So what do you foresee for Delaware's insurance market this year? Well, um, uh, again, I'm really uh, encouraged about the, the new companies that are, are either re-domesticating the Delaware or, or forming in Delaware. Um, it's, uh, it's a testament to our, our regulatory environment. Um, with the 145-ish or so that we have now, and with the, the new companies that are, are, are still coming, we have them in, in the pipeline. Uh, we're, we're really excited about that. With the, the new leadership and the captive division, uh, we're really pleased with the early returns so far. Um, with respect to uh, consumer services, I mean, we, we have returned millions of dollars, either through the arbitration process or just through um, making phone calls. One of our biggest challenges is, is that people who haven't needed our services don't understand what we do. Uh, I've been told that you know, people who don't know think that the Delaware Department of Insurance sells insurance. So that's one of our challenges is to get that word out. We're working really hard to let to educate the public about, you know, you know, if you this is an example that happened recently, we had a um, a gentleman who was suffering from um, from colon cancer, and he had had treatment, and he thought things were going well. He went back to his doctor a year later, and uh, came back, and so the doctor was re recommending proton therapy. Well, the insurance company denied it, and because they they determined that it was experimental. Well, I disagree with that. Um, so when they reached out to me, there's a guy around my age, uh, married, children, um, 
you know, if he didn't have this treatment, we all know what could happen. Um, so we made one phone call, and within a couple hours, uh, the proton therapy or the treatment was approved. And this is making a real impact on people's lives, right? Um, and so, I, you know, as much as I'd like to say on Facebook that, you know, Mr. X came to us and this is what we were able to do, um, it's not appropriate. But, uh, you know, whether it's that type of issue or a private auto issue, uh, we help people all the time. And, and uh, that's the best part about the job is making an impact on, 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 on people who have been, in some cases, taken advantage of, right? Uh, so it's, I see more of that in the future. I see more um, promoting what the department does. I'm pretty sure that workers' comp is going to continue to go down. Um, and with the, the new competition here in the state of Delaware on, on the exchange, I foresee uh, real advantages for consumers moving forward. And what are your future plans and goals? Any plans for re-election? That's my plan. Uh, right now, um, I'm in the middle of my second term. Uh, we're not term limited in the state of Delaware. I think I have a lot more work to do. I think we've accomplished a lot, uh, but I'm, I'm really excited about, about the future. This, uh, you know, to be candid, when I first started, you think you have an idea of what the job's all about, right? You, you think you, like anyone else is new, you want to come in and help everybody and make these wholesale changes, but it's a lot. You know, they had this expression at the NAIC, it's like drinking water from a fire hose for new commissioners. And oh, I was drowning in, in the beginning. Um, but, you know, over time and, you know, all of the, um, the interactions I've had with my colleagues across the country, with my own internal uh, folks who just do a wonderful job. Delaware is well-respected across the country. And I want to continue to build on that. So I think that I have more to offer. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to 2024 and not so much the campaigning aspects of it because it it's, can be overwhelming with trying to do your everyday job and campaigning at night. It's, it, can, it can be a challenge, but that's, that's, that's my goal and that's my plan. Commissioner, thank you so much for speaking with us today. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. That was Delaware Insurance Commissioner Trinidad Navarro. For AMBAS TV, I'm Lori Chortis. Looking to get the full attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms that will do just that. Whether it be AMBAS TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by calling AM Best Advertising Sales at 908-439-2200, extension 5399, and have a great day.